Welcome to New Beginnings Community Church. We hope this message blesses you. If this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe and check out our social media channels at NBCC Halifax or visit our website www.nbcc.life. You're about to hear a message from our Sunday experience, but before we dive in, every week we take time out of our service to receive our tithes and offerings. If you'd like to donate to the work of New Beginnings, you can do so by going to www.nbcc.life forward slash give. Now let's dive into God's word together. If I were to ask you, if I were to ask you to put your hand up if you've ever been shackled. <laughs> Some people might put their hand up. There are those criminals among us. <laughs> I've been in handcuffs. I've been in handcuffs. I'm sure a few people have been in handcuffs. But the majority of people wouldn't put their hands up to confess that they were in chains or they were uh, 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 restrained in some way. But when I say restraints or when I say chains, I'm not talking about being literally tied up. I'm not talking about the police sticking handcuffs on you and taking you away to the police station. I'm talking about restraints like fear, worry, anxiety, sickness, chains like addiction, things like that. That's what I'm talking about. In fact, most people don't even know. Most people wouldn't even be aware that they have these restrictions in their lives that, that bind them. But then again, there's also some people who do have those restrictions in their lives, and they do, and they are aware that they have those restrictions in their lives, but they're afraid to let people know about them. They're afraid to confess even to themselves that they've got things in their lives that they know shouldn't be there and those things are hindering them and holding them back from doing great things. Now, there's two ways in which we can can view these kinds of restrictions in our lives. Number one, we can see them as a prison. We can see them as a trap. Or number two, we can see them as a battlefield and a reason to break our way free. So over the next few weeks, I want to help you break free from the chains that restrict you, chains that bind you, chains that prevent you from being everything that you were created to be. All those things that God has ordained for you to be. Because when we start to realize who we are, when we start to realize why we're here on this planet, When we start to realize why we're here at New Beginnings Community Church, then we can be kingdom builders. So, what keeps us locked down? What is it that keeps us fenced in? Guys, if we're honest, we've all got stuff. If you agree, say amen. We've all got stuff. We've all got walls. We've all got barriers. We've all got obstacles. We, 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 we all have these restrictions that place us and restrict us from being everything that God wants us to be. Every single person in this auditorium. The truth is we've all got stuff we battle with. We've all got stuff that we have got to fight our way out of if we want to live our lives to the fullest. So let's just... Stop for a second and ask yourselves a question. Just in your head. Do you think that God created us just to be average? 
Think about that for a second. Do you really believe, do you really think that God created you just to be average? Or do you believe with all of your heart that you were created to do great things? Great things. Now, yes, don't get me wrong. I know that all of us weren't created to discover the cure for AIDS or discover the cure for cancer or, or invent some amazing gadget that's going to change the, 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 the future of the UK. But I mean in our circle of interest, in our circle of influence, I really believe that all of us were created to do great things, to do amazing things. But let's keep it real this morning. Let's keep it real this morning. A lot of us don't do great things. Let's keep it real because we're real people. And as we go through life and we look around us, most of the people that we meet are at best average. That's the truth. They live an average life, they do an average job, they accomplish average things. But most people, if they were completely honest about it, they would want to live a full and an amazing and an exciting life. I've never heard of anybody who wants to start out with a half-life. Never met any, anyone like that. I've never met anybody who wants to live an unfulfilling life. We want, we want to achieve, achieve amazing things. We want to have a life that's full of experiences. We want to amount to something. I mean, nobody ever wants to grow up to be a, a, an alcoholic or a drug addict or a drug dealer. You son, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be homeless and addicted to drugs. No, nobody says things like that. I used to be those things. Alcoholic, drug addict, drug dealer, homeless in the streets. I was those things. But I wanted to grow up to be a doctor. We all want to grow up to change the world. But we get held back, don't we? We get held back from our destiny. We hold back from doing great things because somewhere along the journey of life, something, something changed. And there seems to be more competition now to become mediocre than there is to become remarkable. Almost everybody on the planet is striving for the same place to be just average. Far fewer people are actually going for the big dreams which makes them easier to achieve. And that brings us to the first opponent that we must battle with. The first opponent that we have to square off against in this life, and that is fear. Fear. And everyone in their head's going, yep. Fear. All of us at some point in our lives is going to have to fight our way out of the restrictions and the chains of fear. See, fear can be paralyzing. Who knows that fear can paralyze you? I know fear can cripple you. It can be weakening to our souls, devastating to your lives. Did you know there's, there's over 2,000 classified fears? Over 2,000 classified fears listed in medical journals. 
Now, we all know the, the, the most common ones, arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders, or claustrophobia, which is the fear of uh, closed, confined spaces. But did you also know that there's fears called necrophobia, which is the fear of death? Ablutophobia, which is the fear of washing yourself? It's real, folks. It's real. Nomophobia. It's the fear of not having your mobile phone. Anyone under 30 has got that. You've got amexphobia, the fear of being in a car. I had that when my wife would learn to drive. <laughs> then you have ecclesphobia, which is the fear of going to church. None of us in here have that. What about agoraphobia, the fear of work? <laughs> some, some have that. Sinistrophobia. This was crazy. Sinistrophobia. It's the fear of things to your left or left-handed people. My daughter's left-handed. I'd have to give her up for adoption just to survive. <laughs> left-handed people. Get this one. Pelotophobia. The fear of bald people. They actually, it's a fear. It's an actual real-life fear. Pelotophobia. Panthrophobia. Every man, every man has this, the fear of your mother-in-law. It's, it's a real fear, and the list goes on, and 2,000 of them. So with over 2,000 classified fears, I would say we live in a fear-filled society, a fear-filled world. Fear's everywhere. But yet, according to science, we're only born with two instinctive fears. That's the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. You can put a spider onto any baby, and it wouldn't bother it. You can introduce your baby to your mother-in-law, and they wouldn't be afraid. Not for a single moment, not yet anyway. In other words, every other fear that we have in our lives, we've either learned it, or we've created it through our experiences. We're a fearful people. We are a fearful people. We're afraid of everything. And we allow those fears to keep us from accomplishing great things. And in some cases, we even allow those fears to keep us from accomplishing simple mundane things. We are a fearful people. But if only two fears are instinctive, that means the others which are taught or learned, that means that they can be unlearned. Say amen to that, church. If we are willing to fight our way out of those restrictions. So the important question I think we've got to ask ourselves today is, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? What internal struggle do we fight against that keeps us caged up and, and, and unwilling and unprepared to, to take risks? Unwilling to, to try something new, to, to, to take territory, to, to succeed or, 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 or to accomplish our destiny. What is it that's holding us back from doing those things? What thing is it that's holding us back? Well, for some, it's the fear of failure. You wouldn't believe the amount of people have a fear of failure, so they won't even try. For other people, it's the fear of the unknown. Some people are afraid of ridicule. 
Get this, some people are even afraid of success. Some people are afraid of change. Some people are afraid of what family and friends might think about them. Some people are afraid of being single. Some people are afraid of being married. Some people are afraid of being authentic. Some people are afraid of being fake. Some people are afraid of disaster, always waiting for the next big thing, negative thing to happen in their lives. But did you know that 40% of the things that we worry about don't ever happen? It's crazy, isn't it? 40%. Another 30% of the things that we worry about are things from the past. Fear might be the first restraint that we've got to deal with uh, uh, in order for us to be everything that God wants us to be, to be fully developed believers. Because if we don't deal with our fear, Christian, then we will doubt. We'll hesitate. We'll worry. But if all but two of our fears are learned, then the good news is we can fight our way out of these obstacles. We can do it. Turn to the person beside you and say, you can do it. You see, we're not inwardly created for fear. We have been inwardly created and inwardly wired for, for faith. Fear and worry and anxiety isn't the way that we've been wired up. Everything from our tissue to our brain cells to our soul has been constructed by our maker for faith and not for fear. So to live by fear is to live against the reality of your very creation. Now our text today is a very familiar text. I would say most people in this church this morning would, would know this text by memory. But even though many people can quote this text, there's still many people who are unable and unwilling to live it out, to stand on it and to believe it and to apply it to their lives. And it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not. Everybody shout, has not. Say it again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let, just, just let that sink in for a second. Let that, he has not. Is it not? He's not given us a spirit of fear. So therefore, when it comes time to fulfill our destiny, when it comes time to, to step forward into greatness, when it comes time to accomplish the plans and the purposes that God has for our lives, when it comes time to move into a new building, if we are afraid, then that fear did not come from him. We have taken that fear upon ourselves. God must have known. He must have known that we'd live in a world and that we'd be in a constant day-to-day -day battle to break free from the restrictions of fear. Because throughout Scripture, we're, we're told to fear not. In fact, the phrase, fear not, is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. God, God knew. He knew that we'd have to face 
fear and that fear would be a common part of our lives because we've got a fear not for every single day of the year, all 365 of them. But fear doesn't have to be victorious. If fear can be learned, then fear can be unlearned. We can be strong and courageous. We can face our fear. We can battle out of the restrictions of fear that keep us from life. Let me give you some facts about fear. Do you know fear can cause us to make wrong choices? Who knows that? <laughs> fear can cause us to make wrong choices. How many examples do we need uh, to hear about fear from Scripture? I mean, Abraham lied about Sarah being his wife because he was afraid for their lives. Jacob destroys a family because he's afraid of losing his birthright. David killed a man because he was scared people would find out that he had committed adultery. Peter cuts off a guy's ear in a moment of fear. Now, how many examples about fear do we need from life? I get this. I'm afraid of being single for the rest of my life, so I will settle for the first person who shows me any interest. I'm afraid of being laughed at, so I'll just refuse to make a stand for my faith. I'm afraid of failure, so I won't even try. I'm afraid of change, so I will live the rest of my life in a rut. I'm afraid of what other people will think of me, so I will spend myself into financial ruin and just to appear successful. I'm afraid of being real, so I will put on a mask of happiness every time I leave the house before I would ever ask anyone for help. I'll wait until my life and my marriage and my world has fallen apart before I will do anything about it. When we are fearful, church, we make silly, wrong choices. Fear is not a good platform for decision-making. In fact, we should be very afraid about the choices we make whenever we're afraid. Because fear will establish the limitations to our lives. Because if we're, if we're afraid of heights, we'll stay low. If we're afraid of people, we'll stay alone. Because we can only go as far as our fear will allow us to go. You think about Moses. Fear forced a deliverer to follow sheep for decades. So I think we need to stop and ask ourselves these questions. How does my fear limit me? How does my fear Limit me, and what could I do if I had no fear? Think about that. How did my fear limit me, and what could I actually do in life if I didn't have any? Well, maybe I could wait and find the right spouse. Maybe you could get help. Maybe you could make a difference. Maybe you could be everything that God wanted you to be. Maybe you could join the priest team. Maybe you could evangelize. Maybe you could become a kid's worker. Say amen to that. 
Maybe you could go for that job you've always wanted. Remember the fear that invaded the lives of the Israelites, of the children of Israel, that limited them from entering the promised land for 40 years. They could have been eating grapes, honey, and drinking milk, but instead they had to settle for manna. Manna. Fried manna and mashed manna and mixed manna and manna casserole and manna smoothie. Everything manna due to the limitations caused by fear. They traded the promised land for a desert because of fear. wonder how many of us are living in a proverbial desert every single day simply because we have allowed fear to limit what we can and cannot do. See, fear messes with our perspective. It messes with everything. Remember the reports that the spies brought back? In Numbers 13, 33, it says, We looked like grasshoppers to ourselves, and so we must have looked to them. Their fear caused them to have this warped perspective of themselves and their perspective on how other people saw them. Whenever we're afraid, we don't see things so clearly. We see ourselves and we see God as being far too small. We don't recognize our own abilities. We don't recognize our own giftings. We don't recognize our own strengths. And therefore, we make the assumption uh, that, that that's how everybody else must see us. Have you, ever met, have you ever met somebody really gifted and really talented? Or somebody uh, really beautiful or, or remarkably handsome? But they have this really low self-esteem. Ever met someone like that? I've met people like that all the time. It doesn't matter how gifted they are. It doesn't matter matter how beautiful they are or how handsome they are. They just don't believe it. They think that everybody else sees what they see when they look into the mirror. And it's just not true. It's fear twisting our perspective. Fear keeps us from actually seeing reality. That's what it is. See, we need to acknowledge our fear. We need to face our fear square on if we are to live life to the fullest. You cannot continue to be bound and controlled and dictated to by our fears and then expect that we can live a life that God wants us to live. Now, another thing is not telling people that you're afraid or denying the fact that you're afraid doesn't make it any less of a reality, doesn't make fear any less binding. We need to own up to the fact that, hey, I'm scared. I'm just scared. Then we can deal with it. Yes, I know that fear too can be your friend. Fear too can be an indicator Sometimes it shows us what we shouldn't do. I mean, fear tells me not to go jump off a cliff. Fear tells me not to, not to drink poison. Fear tells me not to walk the plank in a VR game. Anyone did that? Anyone did that? Anyone ever, anyone ever, ever played VR? Oh, anyone under 15 has. But more times than not, it shows us what we should do. 
If we're afraid of something, there's a very good chance that God is trying to get our attention because he's got something for us to do. Attempt something. Attempt something so big, so ridiculous, so crazy, that unless God shows up, it's going to fail. Try it. Do it like, like moving into a new building. So how do we combat fear? Well, it's got to be courage, right? And surely it's got to be courage because people tell us that the opposite of fear is, is courage. So that must be the solution. Courage must be the remedy. Maybe we just need to, to, to call everybody who's afraid to the front and, and just pray for God to give them courage. Maybe, maybe that'll fix the problem. See, it sounds logical, but that is not God's antidote for fear. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly what the antidote to fear really is. And it's found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says, there is no, everybody say no. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. There's no fear where love exists. Perfect love banishes fear because fear involves punishment, the Bible says, and the person who lives in fear has not been made perfect in love. So maybe we need to look, look at our, our love walk. Maybe. See, our standing in this world is identical to the Lord Jesus. There's no fear in love. True love doesn't have any room for it. Because where fear is, there's pain. And he who is not free from fear is not complete in love. I mean, think about this truth this morning. If we know that we know that we know that we know that we are surrounded in God's perfect love, then how can we be afraid? How can we be afraid? If we understand God's perfect love for us, then we would know that we are now covered in that love that says, I have given my angels charge over you. I have good plans for you to prosper you. If we know that God's love guards us and guides us and provides for us and protects us, if we are in that love, then we will very quickly understand that if God is for us, who can be against us? Or if God is for us, what difference does it make who's against us? So, if you're trapped this morning by the restraint or the chains of fear, if fear has kept you from walking into your promised land, if, if fear has warped your perspective and, and limited you in some way, if fear has immobilized you, and made you average, then the greatest remedy and the best way to recapture movement and motivation is to allow yourself to experience the perfect love of God. The perfect love of God. Because your fear will vanish in the blink of an eye, the moment the very moment that you realize that the God of the universe, the strongest, mightiest, most powerful force ever known, who's got more power in his words than we have in our armies, loves you so much that he's got your back. He has got you. 
He's got you. I mean, listen, listen to the, the depth and the fear-absolving love that he has for us when he talks about us in Psalm 91. That's your cue, love. And didn't they say it really clear, didn't it? Didn't it? Love that he has for us when he talks about us in Psalm 91. <laughs> it says this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. And in Psalm 27, verse 1 to 3 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and they will fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident church we don't need to be scared to try new things we don't need to be afraid to take risks we don't we don't need to be afraid of being alone we don't need to be afraid of a sin filled society we don't need to be afraid of going where men are afraid to go we don't need to let our lives be controlled and restricted by fear we don't need to. Why? Because God loves us. God loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And he'll rescue us and he'll protect us and he'll answer us and he'll deliver us and he'll honor us because his love drives out 
The only way that fear should rule and reign in our lives today is either if you haven't experienced his love or you've misunder, uh, underestimated his love. What fears have you restrained today? What fears have you learned? You see, at the beginning of every act of faith, there is a seed of faith. Let fear become a motivator rather than a chain. See, Jesus says the only thing that you should fear is him who can destroy your soul. The only thing, the only person that we should fear is God himself. We shouldn't fear anything else. Let's just bow our heads right across the auditorium. No one looking around, please. And if you're a Christian, I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit will do something supernatural to the person sitting beside you, behind you, and in front of you. Because we serve a God who loves. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus, I implore you, do not leave this building without first meeting with him. Do not leave this building without first meeting with Jesus. If you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus this morning, I just want to ask you to put up your hand. No one's going to embarrass you or or shout out or bring you to the front. We just want to see your hand this morning. That's all we want to see. To acknowledge to us that you want our relationship. God bless you. I see your hands. You can put it down again. Praise his holy name. People responding to the Lord Jesus today. Anybody else? Maybe, maybe you once walked with the Lord. Maybe years ago you called yourself Christian. But no way, sometimes life can get in the way and maybe life got in your way and you've realized today that you haven't been to church in ages and you, you've stopped praying, you've, you've stopped reading the word. And you've realized today that you want to come back to the Lord Jesus. You want to give your heart back to him. If that's you and you want to come back to the Lord Jesus today after being away for a while, just put up your hand, I'll see it. And I'll ask you to put it down again. Hallelujah. God is so good. Would you say amen? God is so good. God is so good. Those people who put their hands up, please don't leave this morning without coming and having a chat with me first. I want to pray with you. But before that, I want to pray for some of you wonderful people. And it could be for any reason. Maybe you've got fear in your life. Maybe you've got sickness in your life or you're aware of sickness in the life of somebody else and you would like prayer. Then I want you to make your way to the front. You're in this song. Just make your way to the front. Line up across the front and we're going to pray with you and anoint you with oil and we'll see what God is going to do in your life. In Jesus' name. So come on, make your way forward just now. Thanks for being.